um, we point to talking about um, a story from the book of Matthew, where uh, in, in the story is about Jesus walking out on water towards his followers, 12 of them called the disciples who are in a boat. And one of them, Peter, sees him and says, hey, if that's really you, tell me to come out in the water. And this incredible thing happens where he walks out in the water and then he starts to sink. And so we'll talk some more about that. Last week, we're using that as kind of, a, of an allegory or a lesson for stepping out and taking risks in our lives for Jesus or just in general. You know, a lot of us face times of uh, where we get intimidated to take that step. It might be a new job. It might be an opportunity to share your faith in Jesus with somebody else. It might be an opportunity to be generous with somebody. Um, it could be a relationship that you need to work on or reconcile or a hard conversation you have to have. But there's always this thing that stands in the way. So each week we're tackling one thing that stands in the way. Last week we talked about self-doubt. And hopefully you listened to the midweek refresher. If you're not on our email list, you can get on it really easily by going to our website. We send up a follow-up mini-teaching every Wednesday-ish, Thursday-ish, somewhere in the middle of the week. Midweek. Um, and then other announcements and stuff like that. So this week, today, I want to talk to you about how fear can stand in the way of what God has for your life. How fear can stand in the way of what you have dreamed about or what you have desired for your life. Um, and I want to start with telling you a story by one of my kids. Now, I asked his permission. He said it was okay. Um, my, I have four kids. My second oldest, his name is Elliot. He's a freshman at Avon Group High School. And He's been a soccer player for a really, really long time. He's a very good soccer player. And as the season came around, kind of the, just a little bit of history. Every beginning of something new, he feels a lot of anxiety. Every beginning of something new. And we are trying to coach him as parents through the fact that if you, if you sit through that anxiety, if you, if you work through that anxiety, you almost always are happy by the end, right? You almost always like what you were anxious about. So freshman year, it's time to try out for JV varsity soccer. And, and he had this conversation with us. He started dropping hints over the summer. I'm not trying out. And, uh, and, and Mandy and I started dropping hints. You have no choice, right? So, uh, and, and it came to a head where he was like, uh, you know, we need to talk about this. And he asked us to have an open mind. And so we talked about it. We talked about why he didn't want to do it. And, and this was, it was weighing heavily on him. I mean, this wasn't just like, I'd rather not, you know. I mean, you, this was like super, super stressful, super emotional, powerful. And he was afraid because he had this, he had a back injury, okay. So he couldn't actually play. He was going to have to go to tryout every day as a freshman and sit and watch for three hours in the heat. And he was afraid of like, he's been around soccer, and he knows how people talk about the kid who says he's injured during preseason where you're doing all the hard work of running. He's like, I don't want to be that kid. I don't want to be that kid sitting on the sideline. People are talking about injured, yeah, back, you know. And I don't want to have people talking about me behind my back and, and things like that. And yet, I'll, I'll just try out next year. And we listened. We did, even though I already knew what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> And I have a different perspective. See, his fear was right here. Like, this was all he could see. I have a different perspective because I'm more mature than he is. That's a stretch. I am. Maybe not by a lot. But I am. I've lived more of life. I don't have right here. Like, I, I know that you only get to go to high school once. I know that you only get to play high school sports once. I know that if you don't play your freshman year, there's a check mark against your name in the coach's mind your sophomore year, no matter what good reason you had. I know these things. 
I know that coaches are impressed if you go even though you can't play. Right? Anybody who's played sports knows that's right. Anybody who's coached, I've coached a lot of sports. You know that's right. He doesn't, he, and his head wasn't there. He was just thinking, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be embarrassed. I'm so stressed out. I'm so anxious. And so we took the decision out of his hands. And, you know, it was one of those moments where it was like, uh, I'm your parent, not your friend. And you don't have to like me, but you have to do what I say. And someday you'll move out, right? It was one of those conversations, you know, and, uh, so, and someday you'll have kids. So it's coming back around. Just you wait. Um, and it was the right decision. So, but here's the thing that Elliot wanted to do. Elliot wanted to just watch this season. Wasn't that dramatic? Wow. Now no one can see me. I just sunk down so far. This is so much more relaxing. I might do this every week. He wanted to be a spectator. And, you know, we go watch games, and I, I, I sit up there in the bleachers, and I'm still probably could play, you know, maybe not the whole 90 minutes, but I could get out there and play. I'm a good soccer player, you know, but I, I'm now a spectator. But you know what happens with spectators? Spectators never win championships. I've watched a lot of teams win championships from a couch much more comfortable than this one. But I watched the Phillies win once, and I was sitting on a couch. So there. Spectators don't win. Spectators just watch. And this is what we want to do in life. See, here's the thing. Fear is comfortable. And fear tells us this lie. Fear tells us that it's going to protect us. And we think, I'll be safer if I don't try out. I'll be safer. I'll be happier. I'll be more protected if I sit here because I'm comfortable. This is my comfort zone. I would have a blanket, too. I always have a blanket, even in the summer. But this is my comfort zone. I'm good. No one's asking too much of me. I don't have to stretch myself. But if I step out, if I get out of my comfort zone, if I go sit on the sideline and people talk, I said, so what if they talk behind your back? Is that going to kill you? Is it true? No. Those people have no power over you. But you give them power when you allow what they have to say to keep you from doing something that you're going to love. And we do the same thing. See, fear tells us it's going to protect us. But actually what it does is it imprisons us. The things that we think will keep us safe are the things that keep us from the life that God has for us. Fear, anxiety, keep us blocked off. So you probably have stories like this in your life, don't you? Fear of, fear of failure that has kept you from trying that new thing, trying that new uh, business, that new nonprofit, or, or that new space of volunteering. Fear of failure just keeps you back because you know what? I'm not going to fail here. I got this. I can sit. I can do nothing. I can, you know what's easy sometimes for me? I'll tell you something that's easy for me. Hold on. We have a hot seat. We have a hot seat. How you doing? You are burning up. You, you, now, you're technically the hot seat, so you better buy her some donuts with that. Okay. There's donuts there. There we go. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> um, that was so much fun. I forgot what I was talking about. Um, so hot seat is all I can think. It's like the only words in my head. Hot seat, hot seat. Uh, we're talking about fear. Yeah, what did I do? That's right. Yeah. Oh, you know what is this? What did I do? Um, okay, so like giving money to good causes is good. We should do that. I don't think we would argue about that. But you know what else it is? For me, unless I'm giving all of my money, it's safe. It's so much safer for me 
to give $25 than to get off the couch and like go be with people who are different than me, to go serve food to people who are homeless. Just to be honest, like that whole, that whole like chasm between me and people who are just really, really struggling in poverty, that's intimidating for me. Uh, just to be honest with you, it might not be for you because you're better people than me, but like I, I struggle with that. And so it'd be way easier for me to be like, hey, look, we'll cook some soup and we'll donate the soup. But like if I had to get out of my comfort zone and actually go face to face, you know, and, and like that's what Jesus did though. Jesus didn't just stay aloof. Jesus got in with people. So I don't know what fear it's holding you back. It could be a relationship issue that it could be your marriage. I know, but there could be something in your marriage that you just, you know what, it's easier if we don't deal with it. It's just easier. We'll just say, and we know it's not great, but it's easier. But you know what, to take that risk and to like talk about it or get therapy, <laughs> which is good, you know. Th- that might be something that you need to talk about, a hard conversation. So let's, let's go back <clears throat> to the story that we were talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, last week. So Jesus says to them, take courage. It is I, do not be afraid. Where is Jesus when he says this? He's literally walking on the water toward, towards the boat, okay? He's like, hey guys, don't be afraid, it's me. And here's the thing. Peter doesn't say, I'm coming. Peter says, if it's you, call me out on the water, if it's you. So what did he say? He said, listen, I'm going to face my fear as long as you are there with me. And this is the lesson that we're going to talk about today, all right? I'm going to face my fear as long as you are there with me. And so Jesus said, look, it's me. Don't be afraid because I am here with you. Don't be afraid because I am here with you. So Peter steps out in the water. You know where the other 11 disciples stayed? They stayed on the couch. They were safe. Do you think that they were allowed to try walking on water too? Why not? They could have easily gotten off the couch and or out of the boat, and taking that step. We talked about this some last week, but like, they went the rest of their lives never knowing what it felt like. Think about how miraculous and life-changing and amazing it would be to walk on the top of water. They went the rest of their life. They missed their opportunity. I mean, I don't think there was like walking on the water 2.0, like, you know, the second class, right? I don't think they went out in the boat every week. And you know what's so funny is they thought they were safe in the boat, but they were wrong. So if you read this story, and you read a little bit before it, they were out in the boat another time with Jesus, just before this. And there was this huge storm that came up, and Jesus was sleeping in the boat. And they went and woke him up. They're like, Jesus, we're going to die! Right? These are mostly fishermen who have been on the water their whole life, so it was a pretty big storm. They're like, we're going to die! What were they revealing at that point? They were revealing that the boat wasn't safe enough. And here, guys, this is so much what we do. We're fine being in control until we're out of control. And then what do we do? We're like, Jesus, help me! Right? That's that's like most of our prayers, right? We don't, we don't, you know, you go through like multiple days or weeks or months without acknowledging God's presence, but then something goes wrong, and you're like, where are you, God? Where are you? I need you. So we do that. We get trapped here. All right, so the other 11 had this chance that he didn't take. So here's the thing we want to say today, all right? Um, You go to the next slide. I'm going to give you a statement that I hope you can remember, all right? So get off your couch. Get off the couch. Get out of your comfort zone. Take a step out of your comfort zone. We'll apply it to different areas of our life. Get off the couch. Face your fear. Now, whether you're believing in Jesus right now or not, this is applicable to you, okay? 
I mean, we're not saying you have to believe the whole Bible right now or, or even say you're a follower of Jesus. We're fine. We, we are going to—I think that the things that Jesus talks about apply to our life, whether we think we're followers of Jesus or not. Facing our fear is a big part of overcoming fear. A lot of times what we do, okay, is we let fear stay there unfaced, all right, undealt with, and we don't address it. And so fear has this power over us where if we would just look at it and ask it questions, be like, what's the worst that could happen? That, you know, you're in, a, you're in a bad spot when you have to ask that question. But what's the worst that could happen? What could you really do to me? Like with Elliot, what, that's what we did. We said, you have this fear, but it's somewhat irrational, right? So let's talk about what could really happen. What's the worst that could happen in this? So we need to face our fear, and the cool thing is we can do that with Jesus. So get off the couch and face your fear with Jesus. Get out of your comfort zone, take that step, and face your fear with Jesus. So I want to give you one Bible verse today. Um, I printed it out and put it on a sheet under your paper. Under your paper. Under your chair. Um, some people might not have them. If not, you can share. There's some blank ones. There's some ones behind you guys. All right, can you put that next one up to me? All right. So I was um, I was in New York about five five eight years ago with some friends. Jonathan was there and a couple other people. And we, uh, I, whenever I travel, I always take a day to do something fun. And so I'll ask people like, "Hey, what's the cool thing around here, nature-wise, that we can do?" And they said, "Well, you can go swimming in this beautiful lake, or we can go." Uh, like into a cave and we can go like spelunking through a cave and I was like huh I've never been spelunking through a cave that sounds cool right I've been in one cave in my life and it was in Virginia when I was a kid and they were gigantic caves have you been there with the stalactites and the stalagmites and the, okay right so these were caves that you could walk through standing up and there was headroom, right? You could walk through. It's like so. When this guy said, "Hey, we're gonna go, we're gonna go spelunking through a cave," I was like, "Yeah, no problem." I mean, I'm slightly claustrophobic and afraid of heights, but and spiders and snakes. Like I said last week, it's funny that this is even something I'm talking about. But uh, so, this, you know, in my mind, it was this big cave. So we we go and we hike up this mountain, and I'm like, oh, "This is kind of in the middle of nowhere." There's no signs. Like when you go to Virginia, there's signs everywhere about these big caves. Everybody goes, like, there's no signs. Where's this big cave, right? And then we get up on, on, a, on a rock, and he says, are you guys ready? I was like, what are you talking about? There's no cave. And literally, there was a tiny little hole in the ground, like about the size of me if I do this. And he was like, so no, we just got to climb through that hole, and then it opens up. And I said, okay. And he's like, oh, and we don't have quite enough headlamps. So um, one of us has to go without. And so being the nice guy that I am, I was like, ah, it'll be fine. Because, you know, in my mind, again, big cave. They probably have electricity down there, right? Running water. So we'll be fine. There's a Starbucks underground. Um, I don't need my headlamp. So I was like, no problem, headlamp. Just make sure there's one a person in front of me behind me. So we start going down. And it is like, also... Somehow, under, both underground and high. Like, I've never been, understood how I could be underground and scared of heights at the same time. But I was both claustrophobic and terrified of falling at the same time. And we're climbing down. And it's like, you have to, you have to like, press up against rocks. And, like, and we got, like, 10 feet underground. And I couldn't see anything. 
because someone is above me. So I was totally trapped. There's people below me, people above me in this tiny shaft that continues to go down, as far as I can tell, forever. And, and the guy's still saying, oh, it's going to open up. Right? So I stopped him, and I said, look at me. And I am, like, freaking out. I am, like, heart pounding. Have you ever had that? Hand sweating, flushed. I'm like, look, dude, I'm about to throw up all over you, all right? And you're not going to like that. I said, you have to be honest with me. Have you been lying to me the whole time just to get me down here? Because you're one of those people who thinks that if I just overcome my fear and get down here, I'll have a great time and I'll like it. But really, it's never going to open up and it's tiny. And he's like, yeah, basically. I said, I'm out. See ya. I was like, climb back out! You know, I think I said it maybe a little bit more under control. I don't know. I think it might have been Jonathan who was right above me, actually. But once you decide you're out, you cannot get out fast enough, right? I was like, I'm coming out, you know. I got out of there. And I just sat on that rock by myself for like two and a half hours. But I, you know what, just to be totally honest, there was another guy with us who got scared. You know, he knew he was scared, so he didn't go down. But we didn't know each other well enough to talk for two and a half hours, so it was like awkward. And we were both sitting there for a while, and I was like, I'm going to go for a walk. So I left him. So I went for a walk for two and a half hours. They guys, these guys came out later covered in dirt, like everything was black and sooty, and they were like, oh, that was awesome. I was like, what? Tell me about it. Like, we were like going like this on like three inch, cl- you know, uh, what's that called? Ledges, thank you. Looking down like hundreds of feet into chasms, holding onto tiny little ropes. We don't know who put them there. <laughs> How did you find your way out? In my mind, I still, like, if I think about this memory while I'm trying to fall asleep at night, I can still get my heart racing. Like, you know, it's like, I could have gotten lost underground. Like, I get lost all the time above ground. Can you imagine being lost underground? There's no one to ask directions, and your, you know, phone doesn't work. So, I tell you that story because, listen, sometimes it's okay to be afraid. Sometimes fear, and, and, and I'm serious, like, we're talking a lot about overcoming your fears, like, we're going to talk about taking risks next week. But we have to be smart when we take risks. I'm not one of those persons who's like, every time you feel a fear, just go for it, you know? Like, I'm slightly afraid of heights. Well, just jump off of high things, you know? Like, that's not what I'm saying. We need to face the fears as God leads us, okay? But here's what I want to give you. I want to give you this verse. So this is one, one of the verses that really helps me. This is um, a verse from what we call the Old Testament, which is, if you're familiar with the Bible, is a part Uh, many books that were written before Jesus came, okay? And this is an encouraging verse. I printed it out for you because I want you to be able to take it home with you. If you like to memorize things, you can memorize it. It's helpful, okay? So God said, this is God speaking, do not be afraid. Why? For I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. It was not enough for me that Jonathan was with me, by the way. If Jesus had been with me, I still, to be honest, I don't think I would have done it. But do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Put up the next slide real quick. Here's the thing. Here's the application for your life. Here's the application for my life. We go in, in in anything. This could be a job interview tomorrow. This could be a, a tryout for a play that you're in at school. This could be a conversation that you have to have with somebody. You know, it's going to be difficult. You are not alone. You are not alone. 
And listen, even if you're here today and you're like, look, Christian, I don't believe in this whole Jesus thing. So what that some book written thousands of years ago has these words in it? What do I care about this? Here's the great thing about this. You don't have to believe this for this to be true for you. There's a God who loves you. Whether you, whether you sign on the dotted line or whatever it is, you know, there's a God who loves you, who is with you in every moment. And see, more so when we ask him to be. But there's something about someone who loves you stepping into the hard things in your life that changes your perspective, isn't there? When my son, my oldest son, was a baby, he had two febrile seizures. I don't know if you've ever had a kid have this, but they're terrifying. And the second one, he had to be rushed to the hospital in an ambulance. The first one, sorry. The first one had to be rushed to the hospital in an ambulance. And I was, uh, I was at work, so I just got this call. Go to the hospital. So, you know, I drove very not safely all the way to the hospital. And I went in there, and, and he's like semi-comatose, like honestly. Because he, it, once you are done with that seizure, you're everything, it's every body in your, every muscle in your body has contracted powerfully for so long that you're just wiped out. And I was just... I, was, I just had no, uh, no playbook. Have you ever gotten into that situation in life where you, you're like, no one gave me a playbook for this? Like, there, I don't know what to do. I know some of you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so we were there, me and my wife, me and Mandy and uh, Samuel. And then like an hour later, my dad walks in. And I was like in my mid-20s at this point. And when my dad walked into the room, I completely fell apart. I just started to cry so hard because I still had that feeling that you as a kid have when your parent steps into the hard situation where you're like, thank God I don't have to be in control anymore, right? Like there was just such a comforting presence to not be alone. Now I know Mandy, you were with me and we, but we were all, we were both kind of in the same boat, so to speak, of being totally freaked out. When he came, there was just this, this moment of like relief. This is what you have with God. When you don't have to be afraid when you're stepping into that new situation. We're talking about stepping out. When God leads you to, to maybe talk to someone. When God leads you to be generous with somebody. And you're worried about, like, how's this going to look? What are people going to think about me? What, you know, what if I, whatever. All those what ifs, you can know that you're not stepping out alone. That's why Peter said, if it's you, tell me to come out in the water. I'm not going to go out alone. But if you're out there... I'm going to go out. If you're out there, I can go out. And, and this is the thing. You are not alone. You don't have to know the end from the beginning. See, a lot of times we're afraid to take that first step because we don't know what the last step is going to look like. But here's the thing. God knows that. God knows the end from the beginning. God knows how it's going to end. And you can trust him. You don't have to be able to do it all. I will strengthen you and help you. See, so many times we're afraid to fail. We're afraid to not be good enough. We're afraid to not take, uh, take that step and not sure if we'll be able to finish. I, feel, I, I talk to a lot of people who are like, I would have signed up, I would have committed, but I don't want to be that person who bails on my commitment. I, I get that. But like, it's, it's not always up to you. God's there to strengthen you and help you. Anything that you step into, big or small, you're going to run out of steam. And God's going to be, you can lean on Jesus. And you know what? In the end, it's okay if things don't work out. You know, like what if, what if we get our hearts broken again? You know, you're, you're looking at maybe having another kid and you're like, what if we try to have a kid that doesn't work out? You know, what if our hearts get broken again? Or, you're, or you want to start another relationship and you've had your heart broken? Or, or 
you feel like you want to start something new and the last time you started something new, I have, I have a story, but I'm, running out, I'm out of time. So I'll tell you that story next week. But I, I've started things that have gone poorly, which is scary for me, starting new things. But you know what? God's going to hold me up. And God's going to hold you up. Even when you fail. Even when things fall apart. Even with, with what you were expecting to happen doesn't happen. See, this is maybe a different perspective of who God is than you've heard before. But I want you to hear this, and that's why I wrote it out for you. I want you to take it with you. I want us to learn how God views us. That, that this is a loving, caring, protective, heavenly Father. Different than maybe some of your earthly fathers. Who is with you, who knows where you're going, who knows what you need, and who has your back if things don't work out. That's the kind of Jesus that we're talking about here today. So we're going to have our response time now, the next 10 minutes. What we do during response time is um, there's going to be some worship. You can either sing along or you can just sit at your seat. The little card is actually for right now. So if you want to, you don't have to do this either. But you can, um, I put a question on there. Where is somewhere in your life that fear has been holding you back that you could step into because you know that Jesus is going to be with you? Let's pray. Can we stand together? Let's just stand up together as we pray. God, we thank you that you promise us that when we step into those situations that are scary, that are challenging, when we step out of our comfort zone, that when we get off the couch, we can face our fear with you, Jesus, because we're not alone. God, give us the courage to get off the couch, to get out of our comfort zone, to break out of the fear that lies to us and says it'll protect us, and to face our fear with you. Not face it alone, but to face it with you, Jesus. God, I pray for people here today who have been bound up by fear, maybe even their whole lives. God, I pray that you would bring a sense of freedom in Jesus' name to them. Amen. Listen, if you uh, would like prayer, so we have over there, there's some people who would love to pray for you. It's not scary, um, but we'd love to pray for you. If you have an issue like this, this fear that you love prayer to overcome or something you'd like to step into. Also, if you're sick today, we'd love to pray for healing for you. All over the Bible, Jesus is healing people, and we still believe he does that today, so you can get prayer for that. And lastly, maybe one of the things you're afraid to take that step on or into is, is a commitment to Jesus. Um, there's people that would love to talk to you about that if you want to step into that. Jesus came for you to start a relationship with you. Um, you know, and we're not pushing it. It, may, it doesn't have to be today. And it is a big decision. But if that's where you are and you're ready to do that, you can head over there. So we'll close out with this song. And then if you're coming for Starting Point, just remember to, you know, put your kids upstairs, grab some food, and meet us over on that side of the curtain.